Health Podcast with Ben Canning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, welcome back to what is a very special episode for a number of reasons. Number one, I'm in my new office. I'll not talk much more about it. Number two, because this is our six month anniversary. And number three, because we have a guest. So I'm Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And I'm Lisa Forte. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. So welcome, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Apologies for for the shit show. I'm just going to get it out of the way. Dave fucked up. He was an idiot. He has also agreed just to make sure that everyone is now witness to this, um, to come ice climbing. So that's yeah. going to be the first on on sort of demand, on location episode of We Hack Health, where you get to actually watch live <laughs> Dave ice climbing. I I'm coming be, too, by the way. I, I just want to be perfectly clear that uh, I hate the cold in every uh, retrospect. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, the, I, I'm agreeing to this because it is my mess up that I was I was late. I, I literally set my uh, my calendar invites for six months for for hacking your house. We do it every Wednesday. We record every Wednesday, and uh, this is the six month one. I must have only set it for six months, so I had nothing in my calendar. So I was literally like chilling with my friend, giving him some business advice, and I'm you know sitting there. Everything's going great. Everything's perfect. I got two chicken breasts, you know, some broccoli and some rice, well balanced meal, and I'm just sitting there, not a care in the world, and I see a podcast invite come up from Ben. I'm like. Hey, am I supposed to be on a podcast in literally one minute? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I messed up. So I, I, I'll take that. It's my fault. And I appreciate Lisa for, for being super uh, uh, flexible on this on this side. I, it was totally my fault and my bad. I, I feel feel really bad about it. So <laughs> Good. You should. But we'll leave it in the past. And I, will, I can't wait to see you in the cold. <laughs> I know nothing about, uh, you know, climbing ice at all. So I you know, learn like, so well, fast. <laughs> Cause, cause I feel like this Dave, is like, right? okay, so Dave agrees and then Dave dies is how I feel it's going <laughs> to You won't die, but it will be an experience. Okay, good. Well, I mean, it looks from the pictures that you, you, you sent. I mean, it looks absolutely incredible and amazing out there from, from where you're at. So, so I mean, maybe I'll just kick it off with that is, is, you know, where were you recently and, and what got you into climbing massive mountains and uh you know uh you know cheating death and everything else and, and everything else that goes along with that uh, look look pretty incredible yeah so um i was in the dolomites which is um a sort of area sort of just south of the european alps um in italy um great for ice climbing um so what i was doing at the time was i was climbing up climbing mountains mainly training and preparing for some really big stuff that i've got coming up in the summer and it's a really good sort of proving ground, I guess, to kind of check your training, check that you're on target, that your strength is good, your stamina is good, your equipment is good. Um, and so that's what I was essentially doing out there. And it was it was great fun. And um, yeah, I've been climbing for a, a long time um, to my mother and father's dismay um, as I venture into the mountains. It's one of those things, unfortunately, like someone, one of the, one of the great mountaineers, John Krakauer, he said that mountaineering is one of these really weird sports where where it goes well everyone's like oh my god this is amazing it's the best thing in the world look at them on the summit and it's just amazing for everybody when it goes badly you die and then it becomes really difficult to justify (laughs) (laughs) and i thought that was like the best justification of it ever like yeah it's 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 sort of brilliant until it's not i don't really know how else to articulate it so it's just by chance I watched the the Fourteen Peaks documentary last night on Netflix. Like I just mm-hmm. I was programming, I was doing work, not programming like Dave does different kind of programming. But I was literally sitting doing work and I clicked onto it and halfway through it I was like, Oh, I mean this is kinda of relevant to what we're gonna be talking about tomorrow and I and I mean you're exactly right. Like they talk about being, you know, something and then on the way down there's a guy that's been down there for like a day and a half and they have to save his life. I'm like, that's one extreme to the other. Yeah. Yeah, Nims, Nims, the, the guy who was uh, who that that show is about, he's an epic climber, epic climber. But I think the problem is, it is a really difficult decision for climbers because 
sometimes you can't save somebody and if you were going to try it and save their life the probability is more likely that you will also die so it puts you in this really difficult moral dilemma and there's been i don't know if you've ever heard of the touching the void story where the two climbers they go into the andes and one of the climbers gets injured and the other climbing buddy decides he has to cut the rope and let this guy fall because he literally will die if he doesn't and you know the the community is quite split on which way you should go but it's a it's a something i haven't had to deal with thankfully um <laughs> so at the moment i'm still very much hopefully kind never of in the, by the way hopefully never hopefully never yeah hopefully never but um it is difficult and there's a lot of risk and it's a very dangerous sport and i think everyone who does it is not under any illusions that it's akin to going down to the gym and lifting weights we all we're all aware so yeah i guess i guess that leads <laughs> me to my my first question on that which is you know like you know for me, you know, fitness and everything else is is big on, on my mind, right? So lifting and working out and those types of things. Obviously, to do what you're doing there, you have to be in, in very good shape, peak performance. I mean, you have to be very athletic. You know, you have to you know have a lot of muscle as well. I mean, you're lifting yourself up continuously over time. You know, I guess what what got you into this early on? Like, what was your your kind of starting point for this in your journey? And then two, how do you even prepare for something like this to get to the point to where you're actually like climbing freaking mountains? Like, I mean, well, I, I can honestly say I've never climbed a mountain before. You know, it sounds cool, you know, but I can honestly say I've never come close to climbing a mountain before. So, like, what what gets you to that point? And and like, what kind of started this whole journey? Um, I've been climbing since I was really really young. My dad. Um, was always really keen on going mountaineering and going climbing. So when I was young, it was a way of kind of bonding with him and spending time. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So from a really young age, I just loved being in the mountains. Um, and it's just kind of evolved from there, really. And I've got myself into some difficult situations <laughs> over time, learned some very hard lessons um, and moved on. But um, I think that... The difficulty, I think, with the training for, for mountaineering, there's two sides of it, really. For a start, I think one thing to realise is that if you're a climber, if you're a mountaineer, if you're like a cyclist, what will happen is you kind of, you get to the end of your race and then you're done. For mountaineers, like, we focus on, like, getting to the summit, getting to the top of that mountain, but then you're halfway. So, like, the, the, the moment you're dreaming of is a halfway point in your journey and you've got all the way down which is where all the deaths happen and all the all the problems happen actually so it's one of those really weird sports psychologically because you're you're kind of like you're halfway when you celebrate and you make the calls and go i did it which is like really weird um so there's a lot of psychological training but i think one of the the, the really difficult things about climbing is that it's such an endurance sport you know like climbing um, I'm doing a big mountain in the Andes in, in, in the summer. And that involves a six or seven hour ice climb going up. So that's seven hours that my body has to like keep going. Oh you can't God. let go. If you do let go, I mean, you, you are going to die. That's the reality of the situation. So I want to just sort of, I mean, for people over here listening who climb a mountain, like I have climbed local mountains, but I guess what you're talking about is not like climbing a, just a regular mountain and obviously some of the photos that you've sh you've shared on Insta or on twitter like you're literally climbing up a wall of ice it's not like just walking up a mountain so that's obviously what you're talking about the the endurance and the difficulty yeah and it's yeah it's just it's very very difficult because again like dave was saying you know he goes and he lifts weights there's a lot of <clears throat> for me it would be really easy to go and just bulk just go and like get really really strong build loads of muscle but you can't do that because at altitude one kilo is like five kilos so if i i have to be as strong as possible but as light as possible because if i'm not light i'm not fast and i'm not able to get up but i also have to be strong and it's this constant really difficult balance between strength and being light so me and dave are screwed then <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say like it doesn't sound like mountain climbing's in my future anytime soon so. <laughs> that's a lot of times five kilos when you're at altitude yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I only plan on getting heavier from here, so it's it's just going to continuously gradually go worse. I think my time of mountain climbing has passed. But uh, you also you also do a lot of like caves and things like that too, right? Where you're actually going into caves and like I mean, I saw you found like like old sticks of dynamite and like old artifacts, probably dating back you know 
hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, tell us a little about those experiences too. I mean, is that is it also in preparation to be able to do these types of things? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's a sim- similar kind of thing in terms of endurance. You know, you're looking at probably like seven to ten hour days, so it's you know with a heavy rucksack. So again, it's physically it's very similar in that respect. Um, but for me, the UK doesn't have any mountains, so one of the ways I can kind of go and have adventures and work because it's also a big mental game as well you know keeping your calm keeping your focus not letting yourself get freaked out and what we call disco leg which is where your leg just like twitches like this and you can't stop it because you're freaking out um so kind of keeping all of that together is is really important and it kind of helps me do that um but yeah mountains is my uh they're my my thing but yeah i love going down these abandoned mines um it's really funny because i'm not sure how it is in the u.s but in the UK, people say to me like, oh, are there not handrails and where are the lights? And I'm like, yeah, it's abandoned. Like, <laughs> no one's not putting in handrails. <laughs> yeah, in the US, they, they make it so, um, you know, idiot proof, I guess is the best way of explaining it so that you can't fall off of things because you'd literally have a two-year-old unsupervised kid jumping off of a cliff uh, here in the States. So like, I, you know, it's one of those things where I think, uh, you know, there's definitely no rails there. I mean, when when you're going through those those mines, I mean, like, tell some of your stories of like the coolest things you found, or like some of your coolest experiences there. Because I've seen the pictures; they're they're incredibly amazing down there. I mean, I first of all, like, I think I would freak out in those super tiny spaces. Um, you know, like where you're like, you know, like basically, you know, I'm not claustrophobic, but I'm pretty close to it. I think, like, you know, I I'd be okay with it for a certain period of time, but like long extended periods of being like, you know, kind of trapped and going through <laughs> tiny holes and things like that, I'd probably start to freak out. So tell us a little about the experiences there. Your body language as you're saying that says you're very close to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm already, I'm already nervous. Hey, I gotta go, guys. I'm like, my anxiety's getting me now, but, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. So a lot of the mines that I've been going down have been, uh, they basically got shut in like the, the 1900s, early 1900s. So they're really, really old. Um, and they've been abandoned basically since then. So there's all this stuff like old clothing, like we found like sticks of dynamite. We found um, lots of equipment, things like that from from there and lots of writing from the miners used to write on the walls. So there's lots of like historical references and political references that are on there that predate me substantially that are just so cool to sort of see and bear witness to, I suppose. So I love that side of it. Um, they are incredibly dangerous places. So um, before anyone listens to this and gets super pumped and inspired to go and explore abandoned mines, please, I'm not recommending that you do this. Um, it, they are I was just googling. Places. I was just googling abandoned mines in Ohio recently. It's just you know um, I was planning on hitting it after this podcast, but uh, I guess not now. So. Yeah, no, don't. Uh, and if if you do, it wasn't my idea, so don't don't blame me. Um, yeah, so it's they're, they're really good. They're really good fun. Um, there's lots of like technical kind of rope work as well, so it helps you kind of practice your safety and backing things up and using harnesses and ropes and securing things, which is kind of like a puzzle, which I really enjoy. Um, I did have an accident though. At um, I did have an accident down a mine. Um, I hope my mum never listens to this podcast because she doesn't know about this. Uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, and it happened just over the Christmas period, and um, I basically fell and whacked myself. I was on a rope. I fell. I fell down. Hit into this slate wall. Um, fractured my ribs. Fractured my hand. Like had blood coming down my face. At the time, I was like, I remember saying to the person I was with, "Why is there so much water in here?" And it's like, "Oh no, it's not water." <laughs> So oh my that was gosh. a bit of an experience. Um, and I think being down underground when that happens was sort of, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of an experience, actually, because it kind of felt like I was buried a little bit. Um, but I think that's part of the challenge, though, right? Like, it's about keeping your head game right and keeping my focus and being like, you're freaking out, but there's no need to freak out. Like, we've got this. We can get out of it. I mean, so much of it you're sounding to me, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. And then you say something like that, like, I'm like, no, no, that is It's funny you mentioned that. It's like, it's like, you know, like, I feel like, like, everything that I'm doing in, like, the lifting and, like, cardio side, I'm like, I'm like, I was so proud of that. And then I'm like, 
Then this is like way up there. It's like you know, like hey, yeah, you know, I did like almost die mountains. in the like gym. Yeah, I did almost die in the gym. You know, like I have safety bars where if I put bend too much, you know, it protects me and everything else. And I'm complaining about oh, I didn't PR, and then here's here's Lisa with like few sticks of dynamite and breaking all of her bones in her body. You know, so. right. I want to ask: Do you feel like the you know you're talking about the the mental and the puzzles and stuff like that? Do you? Feel think or do you feel like that helps you in like work life and, and other aspects of life because obviously Dave and I have spoke before about how we feel like what we do in, in the gym and with training and nutrition sort of filters into everything else so do you find that that's sort of a transferable skill definitely because I think you know it's one of these things and it's and it's the same in climbing you get it in caving you get it in exploring minds all of these things there will always be a moment where you start freaking out and you you feel that anxiety and for me it's like what I am now able to do is recognize like the precursors to that. So I recognize like, oh, my hands feel a little bit sweaty. That's, and I'm starting to feel a little bit hot. That's a sign I'm starting to get anxious. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause. I'm going to let myself calm down and then I'm going to carry on. And I think that really helps as well in life and with work, because obviously you always come across challenges. And when you can kind of recognize those precursors in yourself that, you're having some sort of emotional reaction to a stimulus you can then control it and i think you know climbing and caving it's all about self-control if you have no sort of mental self-control whatsoever it's really not the sport for you um but you know it is all about practicing that self-control and it's the same i suppose with lifting right like you're disciplined to keep going when you actually want to sit on the couch and all these sorts of things it's more a mental game in many ways i think all of the fitness kind of avenues yeah i think you can see that too in like folks that are that do biking for example like on a daily basis right where they're just exploring new areas and they're challenging themselves to finding new things to do and, and to kind of you know beat themselves in, in in many cases right it's that that continual progress and challenge of things you know scuba divers another example going to different dive sites and things like that i'm not comparing scuba diving to mountain climbing but you know um they, but like it can the be yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, what is the opposite of climbing mountains? What is the opposite of climbing mountains? <laughs> um, but I, th I think I think that that challenge in yourself is consistent from a mindset perspective, regardless of what sport or thing that you're trying to overcome or hurdle. Uh, question on my end too. First of all, how do you find the time to balance your security career and this as well? Because I always get I often get asked that question because I think you know if you look at. My Twitter stream, everybody would probably say that all I do is lift all day and I don't do any work, uh, which you know, I saw, I saw really someone tweet today being like, I don't know why this fitness guy is on the news talking about security. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was on CNN this morning and someone said, why do they have a fitness guy talking about security? <laughs> Obviously a joke, but yeah. <laughs> but where do you where do you find the time? And I think you know, it's the same struggle I run into. It's, you know, obviously making the time, but love to hear how you balance and compartmentalize your schedule to be obviously as awesome as you are in security, but also as awesome as you are on mountain climbing and, and escaping death. So, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it is difficult, but I think it's all about priorities. So for example, this is a really weird thing, but I don't own a TV. I don't have a TV in my house and it's about prioritizing different things. So it's like, I'll get up a little bit early in the morning. I'll do some weights, some fingerboard training, which is obviously for grip strength in case people don't realize it's like a board and you kind of hold in different ways and it strengthens your hand and your grip strength for climbing. Um, so what you're saying is you could probably kill somebody <clears throat> with, with your grip. Yeah, and if not, just so that everyone can see, I have also got this, <laughs> which I just sit with in my house, you know, I, I go o open the door, get pizza with, you know, it's fine. You never know, like, you could be climbing a mountain and you find like this, you know, like the, the Rajah Ghoul, if you know, the, the whole Batman stuff where you find like the, the whole hidden, like, you know, massive assassin place that you need to fight off a bunch of assassins. Like, that could totally happen. That could totally happen. Yeah. Totally it, happen. I mean, it, yeah, it probably won't, but yeah, why not? We'll, we'll roll with it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. You might find Batman. You might find Batman. So yeah. So I think it's it is difficult, but it's about priorities, really. And I think um, for me, you know, climbing and and the goals um, and the mountains that I want to hit in the next few years are going to require some dedication. And so that time can't be spent sitting watching trash on TV as much as I'd like to. Um, which I kind of think is the other thing. I don't know. You guys have probably had this as well people kind of say to me, oh my God, you're so motivated. I can't believe how motivated you are. I wish I was motivated like you. 
But what you guys don't see is that I'm usually like sat on the couch thinking, oh, I really can't be bothered. I would just want to eat some pizza and do nothing. I have that feeling. The difference is I recognize in myself, like if I get my ass up and I go and pick up a kettlebell and I start the workout, I'll be fine. It's literally that getting off the couch and starting and then I'm cool. Um, so I think it's, it's not that I'm super motivated at all. I want to eat pizza too, but you know. I think that's it. It just comes down to discipline on that. And I, we both have, have spoken about it quite a lot and I get it all the time with, you know, whether it's on social media or whether it's, it's with clients and they say that I don't have the motivation and it's not the motivation that carries you through. Um, and I guess, you know, from your perspective is you need to do those things because of what's at stake whenever you're actually, you know, on the mountain or actually climbing. So I think it's, it's maybe slightly different that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One I think, you know, you look at the comparisons and in, in mindset, you know, the same exact thing. I, I have I have two rules, you know, that I always talk about for for myself. One is counting calories. You know, the second one is um, you know, I, I will go to the gym and if I break a sweat, you know, and I still don't want to go, then I'll leave. Right. And it's just that motivation of getting my butt off of the couch or doing what I'm doing. And I and I feel that all the time. It's like Oh, I just, you know, I, I don't want to go and, and lift, but I have to go and lift because like, it's one of those things I have to do. And I go and I do. And as soon as I start lifting, you know, I PR and I feel great and I feel wonderful. Like I've accomplished something, but it's that mindset of overcoming kind of like that, that fight in ourselves of wanting to be lazy or wanting to sit there. And I, you know, you mentioned the the whole concept around not having a TV. Like I don't watch TV at all, except unless it's the Cavs, like my, my basketball team. And, you know, I'll have a couple of series that I'll just like binge watch one, like, like this, this weekend I binge, binge watched the Witcher. Um, and I, you know, Henry Campbell is like the exact body type that I want to get to. So like, I like, I'm like, and it's going to sound really, I mean, it's good, but it doesn't sound bad. I'm like, like every time, like he's in a suit, I'm like, that guy looks really effing good. I like, I want to be as, you know, like as big as him, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, you know, like, uh, it's more of a, a bromance with him as I'm watching the show than, than anything else. But I don't watch TV too much. Uh, in many cases either. And, you know, it's funny because like, I really see, re recently went through a, a deload week and, and, uh, and it's one of those ones where I'm not spending as much time in the gym. And Ben had asked me, you know, like, well, what did you do with all your spare time? And it's interesting because, you know, if we don't have anything in our schedule, our life will consume our time. And so like nothing was different. It's just, I had more meetings or, you know, I did this or did that. Whereas, you know, you have to dedicate time for you to be able to go out and do these types of things. And then the rest of your life kind of comes around, you know, that as well. So you need your own time to do your own things and you need to block that off. And it has to be important for you to go and do it. And obviously you, you do the same thing where you're blocking time off for yourself. And then, you know, everything else kind of falls in line, line with that. You know, would, would you say that's, that's, that's fairly similar to your model as well? Yeah. And I think you've also got to recognize that you're making excuses. And I think this is really difficult to do because so often I speak to friends and they say, oh, you know, my knee's a bit sore, so I'm not going to the gym to say my knee's sore. And I'm like, okay, well, you could go do upper body and abs, like your knee's sore, but you can do, you know, others. Oh no, it's really painful when I move anything. Okay. And I think it's like, <laughs> you have to really acknowledge like, is this real or am I just making an excuse so I can sit my ass on the couch? And if it's the latter, then you have to be like, no, come on, like we're better than this. Yeah. We can we can do this, you know, um, and I, and I think that's quite difficult because it's much easier just to buy into your own bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of mental conversations, like conversations in your head, like literally arguing with yourself. Should I do it? Should I not do it? I'm going to have to fucking go and do it anyway. Do I have a bit of a sore throat? I think I might. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's too cold out there. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that if, excuse if it's cold. mountaineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's too, if it's too cold, I'm not doing it. Like I, I I've been trying to to work up to cold showers, and it's just not happening. I'm not doing it. Like I just like I understand all the benefits. Like I'm just not doing it. Like I, I will do this ice thing because I was late. But other than that, nothing else cold is. I told Ben, I'm like, listen, I already I already have it in my will that when I die. I have a heated coffin so that, you know, I can stay warm, you know, as I'm dead as well. So, uh, not to get all morbid here, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, We've I'm talked a freeze a lot baby. About death. We have talked a lot. So about I, had a, death. I had a climbing day in the Dolomites, one of the last climbing days that we did. And it was so cold. It was like minus 20 Celsius, which I don't know what it is Fahrenheit, but it's really cold. And I think my, that's like a minus my nostrils froze, <laughs> my nostrils froze, my eyelashes froze, my eyebrows froze, my hair froze. Everything was frozen on my face. And it was like the most unpleasant experience. But 
Yeah. That is uh, that is minus four in Fahrenheit, which is absolutely cold uh, in, in every retrospect. <laughs> we we get those. So I'm I'm in Ohio, and um, you know we get a lot of snowstorms and things like that, but it rarely drops below the the negative market. But sometimes, like there was one year we had it was like minus twenty or minus fifteen. Um, you know, you uh, Fahrenheit. I just I stayed inside, you know, and had the heater <laughs> put on. All your, I had, like, put all your clothes layers, on. Uh, I had six layers of clothes on. Um, you know, started and, burning and, his own belongings just to increase yeah. the ambient temperature. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm staying warm. You, you know, you have to worry about me. But I did not go outside in any retrospect. But you know, I think that's 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 key. Like, I mean, you've obviously found a passion of what you enjoy and love doing in life. And you know, uh, one thing we talk about on the podcast is not just the the physical aspects of things, you know, of, of being able, you know, so if you get your nutrition locked in, you know, you're doing what you're doing or you're doing what we're doing around, you know, weightlifting and, and that type of stuff, you know, you'll see results, obviously, body type wise and endurance and, and how your health is overall, but at least, you know, break down some of the, if, at least for, for, from your side, like other benefits that you've had, like mental, you know, capabilities, how you feel as an individual, because I think one thing that's important with like these types of lifestyles is that, you know, it's not just a, a physical appearance. It's it's confidence. It's how you feel. You know, overall body health. But you know, one thing in infosec that I think that we really lose track on is is you know we you know the whole culture is around. Oh, I was up till four o'clock in the morning. You know, hacking something, sitting on you know my butt for for fifteen hours straight, and I was able to get this awesome exploit. And you know, we struggle with with obesity. I've struggled with obesity my my entire life. You know, all of these things I think culminate our industry. You know, you know, to me having a, a you know, sound body also creates that sound mind. So, you know, these, you know, from your perspective, what have you seen as far as, you know, when you're out there, you're in nature, you're overcoming hurdles, you're, you know, uh, you know, doing things that are risky in nature, but you're, you're doing it calculated because you've done a lot of training involved uh, with, with that. Like what's, what's the experience you've had with, with how it's changed you, you know, in a positive or, or negative manner? I think in terms of from the sort of being fit and training for these mountains and getting progressively stronger and fitter, uh, you just have more energy. I think that's the biggest payoff, actually, because when I've had a period where I've maybe been injured or something and I haven't been doing a lot, I find that I'm like really, I'm, I'm tired, I'm a bit irritable, I'm not. Whereas when I'm training really hard and I'm progressing, I have tons more energy to do all sorts of things. And I sort of think, oh, I'm going to walk to the shop instead of drive or, or whatever. Um, so I think that's the biggest like lifestyle benefit for me. Um, but I think when I'm on the mountains, it's kind of, it's it's sort of a bit like, and this is going to sound really messed up, but it's sort of a bit like really high risk meditation because it's kind of like you're so focused the entire time on everything around you. Because when you're climbing, when you're in the mountains, if you're an alpinist, you know, you've got danger of avalanche, which is catastrophic like people don't survive avalanches by and large it's like your worst nightmare you've got rock fall potentially you've got the weather that can change you've got the altitude you could be tired you could get hypothermia that's all these risks continuously evolving around you and you're monitoring all of these factors at once and actually i get down and i'm just like i haven't thought about infosec drama or what happened in this breach or where my career's going or if I look pretty or whatever because the one thing I love about the mountains is it's like an equal playing ground right so the mountains don't care if you're rich or poor or black or um you know transgender or you know beautiful or ugly or whatever it doesn't matter you're all judged by the exact same yardstick that whether or not you're fit enough to do it and that's it and I think that's kind of beautiful yeah, yeah I that's think awesome. The, the the main point that I can sort of relate to, not in a I'm intense, but I do a lot of cold. Well, I did a lot of cold sea swimming, and whenever you're in the sea and you're just dealing with the cold, you don't have the opportunity to think about anything else. It's just, oh my god, this is the coldest fucking thing I've ever been in in my life, and how am I going to get out of it? So it sort of gives you that actual disconnect because even if I'm if I'm at the gym or I'm training or whatever else, like. Obviously, it's still part of my job because of what I do. But at the same time, I can still nip in and reply to an email or whatever. I'm not actually disconnected or stepped mm -hmm. away from work. So having something that can actually just that you don't have the opportunity to think about anything else except for that situation that you're right in at that moment in time. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's really good. It's really, I guess it's kind of like therapy, really dangerous meditation and therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, so I, I'm trying to kind of relate here, but I don't do anything nearly as risky as, you know, as yes, that. But, but you are going ice climbing, so. 
I'm gonna go ice climb. Can Maybe I show like, like do they this have be the like next, a, this will be the next thing that you go all in on? I can see it. Yeah. Do they have like like a little kids like rock climbing or ice climbing like hill that I can like start off in so that you know like I'm not doing like you know like a big big mountain right? I'm just like it's a small one where if I fall I don't die. I mean, don't fall. Just don't okay, don't okay. fall is the rule of ice climbing. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to fall, but what if I do fall? You know, like any, anyways. So so like I don't you know I'm no, nowhere near any of that stuff, but I, I do feel like um, you know when I get to my gym, it's kind of like my sanctuary, my meditation, right? You know, I, I throw some music on, I I go into my routine, and it's just me with the metal, right? It's me you know, pushing myself and pushing my boundaries and seeing how far I can take myself, you know, before I start to buckle or I start to fail or I start to, you know, hit new numbers that I never had before. Right. And it's, it's me versus me, but there's nothing around me. There's no, like you had mentioned, there's no, you know, distractions. It, there's no, you know, issues. There's no problems. I'm not dealing with, you know, work. I'm not dealing with life. I'm dealing with what's in front of me right now. And that's, picking up heavy things and putting them back down again, which is about as easy as it can get from like a caveman perspective, you know? So that's good for me. I can only think of one thing at a time. And then go so, and cook some meat on the fire at the back. After. And then I cook some meat on the fire. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Smoke some meats at the same time, you know, it's going. So, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, I think, I think for me, you know, to, to relate in some, some capacity is that when I get done with a, an accomplishment like that, again, not in comparison to climbing mountains, but, it is absolutely one of those things that is self-rewarding for me where I feel like I've accomplished something that, you know, was a huge hurdle or feat for me. And, and you know, that, that is continuously, continuously building up to more challenging things um, that I could do later on. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is also bravery, actually, because whether it's mountains or whether it's, you know, cold water um, swimming or whether it's lifting weights, I think there's like, I know, you notice, you notice she made lifting weights last, by the way, Ben. <laughs> so like, I got, you know, important. it was, <laughs> okay, okay. Too, then, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's like, it's, there's this very, very real risk of failure, right? Like we'll keep it to weightlifting because that's what most people will be familiar with. There's a very, very high risk that you will not be able to set out and achieve the goal that you have, right? It will take longer. And that's scary for a lot of people. And so what the reaction tends to be is, well, I'm just not going to try because there's a risk I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to lose weight. I'm not going to be able to put on the muscle. I'm not going to be able to look like this. So in, instead of doing that and taking that risk and, and working towards it, however long it takes, I'm just going to not do it and throw in the towel. And I think that's what you start to learn that actually you can go, oh, I didn't hit that weight or I didn't do this many pull-ups or whatever it is. That's okay. I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to try again and then again and then again. Yeah, I think that's a, that's actually an interesting perspective that I, I don't really think I've put the pieces together before. Like almost if you think about like failure is is part of, it's part of the process Like you have to fail to progress, like you have to do it. So I guess it sort of acclimatizes you in a way to actual failure and then that can sort of transfer into other things. So that's quite an interesting perspective on it. Obviously us failing at picking something off the ground is much safer than you feeling. Yeah, you do. I don't want to be doing too much failing. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, uh, moving on to a different subject here on, on the, uh, the nutrition side of the house, how do you prepare nutrition wise for those long climbs? Like, are you, I mean, just like, give us an idea of like how many calories you eat on a regular basis to prepare for something like this. Cause I'd have to imagine like, you know, it's like 10,000 calories. If you're climbing for seven hours, you know, you need the fuel to be able to do it. So the, the nutrition part of this is, is equally as important, I would say, as the, you know, physical training aspects is your body has to be in prime shape and condition to be able to handle, you know, so much energy expenditure. What is, what is a, a life and day in Lisa look like as far as, you know, your eating plans, regiments and, and preparing for something as big as, as climbing mountains? So I tend to keep my weight uh, relatively stable during most of my training on the kind of lead up to a big climb, really you're looking at putting on about 10 kilos of fat. So I don't know what that is in, um, 22 pounds, 22 pounds. So yeah, you're looking at putting on about 10 kilos of fat beforehand because you're going to lose almost all of that and quite a lot of muscle as well. Um, so one of my goals for hopefully for next year, fingers crossed with COVID is to do Everest. So I was going to ask that, like, I mean, everything that we hear, you know, like people like obviously dying at, but, uh, but you know, people like, like a massive feat is, is Mount Everest. You're planning on doing Mount Everest, huh? Yes. That's wow. the game okay. plan. That's crazy. Nice. Um, 
And there, you know, so for example, summit day, you burn about 35,000 calories on summit day. So you're burning like Holy an shit. enormous amount of calories. You can't possibly put that into your body. Your body yeah. is in basically in crisis because there's no oxygen in the air that you're breathing. It's basic. And this is not just on Everest. This is in the Andes. This is in other high altitude mountains as well. So what it does is it uses all your fat and then it will start eating your muscle as well for energy, basically anything it can get. That's an- <laughs> another reason to put, to put Dave off. <laughs> Don't want anything eating the muscle. No, I'm, I'm going to run a sales class, anyone doing, who wants so. tips. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the calorie, the, it's really important that you show up fat is kind of the rule. Like you want to show up a little bit fat, which is really difficult because for me, it takes like if you're training really hard it's actually really difficult to put on a load of fat um it's harder than you think if you're training really really hard um and then you also don't really want to be fat so you have to walk around like getting progressively fatter knowing that you're going to this mountain this is going to keep you alive but it's really difficult um so it's nutrition wise it's it's quite complex and um generally at altitude you you can't digest food anymore your body basically stops digesting food because it's oxygen deprived it's in a highly hypoxic state um and so it can't digest food so generally on really high altitude peaks you don't really eat an awful lot because it kind of just sits in your stomach um so you have to carry all that with you so it's really complicated um in terms of what you eat but um when i was in the the dolomites recently you know, I was there for what two weeks, and I lost almost four kilos. And I was eating massive Italian meals, um, and I thought, "This is why this is the best sport ever. I can do all of, this. I can eat all of this food, and I can still lose weight. This is like whew, amazing." Yeah, I actually noticed in the in that documentary last night. Like it, to me, he didn't look like an athlete, but it obviously makes sense in terms of going in and having that sort of energy source and that energy supply. So it's it's cool, cool to know. I mean, thirty five thousand calories is a shitload of calories to burn. It's like the I mean, ultimate Everest, I mean, I say, Everest uh, I, weight loss camp. Yeah, so I mean, I don't want to like recommend anybody who's struggling with, with weight loss to climb Everest, but I mean, it, it makes sense. <laughs> so. So I think what we've seen from this podcast is that we're going to be uh, opening up a new series of weight loss programs, that diet instead of keto. It's the Mount Everest weight loss plan where you, you have to climb Mount Everest to, uh, to lose the weight. So. High risk weight how, loss. How long, high risk weight loss, high, but yet, but look at the benefits. You come out, Effective. you come out, Effective. yeah, yeah, yeah. You come, you come out 70 pounds lighter from climbing Mount Everest, but uh now, how how uh, actually how long of a climb is it uh, to like go to the is it like a peak of Mount Everest I take it you're getting to like the highest peak there is that is that how it works so like what's the what's the time frame of that have you done any research on that yet it's about forty to fifty days um, in total oh my gosh yeah really it's a long time <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah it's that's a long crazy time. it's a long time because 40 essentially to 50 days. with a lot of these mountains you see it's a long it, they're a long period of time because you can't just go straight up. Because if you did that, you'd die. You wouldn't make it. Like the altitude would kill you. Your lungs would flood with fluid. Your brain would swell. It would be game over. So what you have to do is essentially go up, come back down, go up a bit further, come back down, go up a bit further, come back down. And that's how you climatize to the lack of oxygen in the air. And then you go eventually all the way up to the summit and back down. So it's it takes about, yeah, 40, 40, 50 days, depending on weather. Um, Is there a cell reception up there? Uh, I think there's cell reception on the summit now, but it is provided by the Chinese. So I don't ah, know. From a security yeah. perspective, it puts me in a bit of a dilemma there. <laughs> I really want to see my YouTube short clips, but at the end of the day, is it really worth it? So no, but <laughs> what the hell? I'm using That's TikTok great. anyway. I'll just I'll just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're already in there. We're already in there. So, so you're you're, you're planning on doing this? What is it next year? Yeah, next said? year. So the climbing season for Everest is about may time so each mountain will have its own climbing season it's when the winds drop a little bit lower and you can get to the summit of those mountains um but i'm going hopefully again all being well with covid to the andes in the summer um i'm gonna put bag some big peaks there and test out some different techniques and things and see how i'm doing so so would your is your preparation for going to something like Mount Everest or the Andes, is it different than anything you've been doing now? Is it like a whole new level that you're preparing for? Or is this something that you feel confident that, you know, you've you've prepared enough for? Is this hey, I need I need to to race myself to five notches ahead before I get to this point to where I'm actually going and doing it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say that I've come back from the Dolomites. I'm having kind of a week of kind of deloading just to give my body a little bit of time. Um, And then I'll need to start ramping up the training from then um, for the Andes. Because again, 
because the the Alps is about four three to four thousand meters. Those are the sort of peaks that we're talking about there. And again, I'm really sorry, I don't know the feet conversion of that. Um, I don't know that one. Can't help you. <laughs> um, and so, um, uh, yeah, and the Andes in comparison are about six thousand. So there's quite a big difference. And then obviously Everest is almost nine thousand. So because of the altitude, it makes a really big difference. Um, it's obviously going to be longer days, colder, multiple days, back to back days on the mountain. Um, hopefully camping in tents and not having to sleep in sleeping bags outside because that's really unpleasant. <laughs> we won't make you do that unless you miss another one. Yeah. And then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're late again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, like how long can I have the battery charged, uh, heat warming gloves and everything working while I'm going and doing all of this, and you know, uh, you know, warm insulated jackets, and you know, like I'll have an extra like 50 pounds in lithium batteries just to keep me warm as I'm going and doing this. But uh, I can't. We should just let Dave like pack his own bag. Like he brings the shit that he he feels like he needs to bring, and he has to carry it. Yeah, yeah, he will yeah. very quickly regret those batteries when he has to carry them up a mountain. I can assure you. So, so what's what's is is Mount Everest like the the like is that like the pinnacles at the top you can go? Is there anything bigger than Everest, or is there anything that you're thinking like what's next for Lisa? I guess after I hate to say like after Mount Everest because like to me that seems like like oh shit that's like way up there you know like is there anything else that could beat that you know like what what's after what's after for you and where do you like see yourself going in two years three years five years so I think obviously it is the highest mountain in the world but it's by no means the most challenging most deadly most complicated to climb so from a mountaineering perspective one of the pinnacle mountains is k2 which is like also known as the savage mountain um and that's like the hardest mountain basically in the <laughs> does world does that sound good no it doesn't sound good it's a little bit of a it has has a bit of a rap, rap sheet for killing people especially women so that's a bit complicated um but that's sort of the pinnacle from a mountaineering community climbing community sort of thing um but there's loads of other adventures that I want to have as well. I want to go to the South Pole. I want to make, get there eventually. Um, I want to go to Yosemite and do some big wall climbing on El Cap and things like that. And just, I think it's more for me, less about kind of seeing this as like a career sort of thing and progressing it like I would my career and more about just having really awesome adventures and living my life and seeing things and doing things. Whether I win or fail, it doesn't really matter. I'm getting to go and experience parts of the world and, different activities instead of watching them on a tv screen yeah i think it's and it's obviously things that not a high percentage of the world's population get to do or, or choose to do so you're doing things that you know there's only a small group of people have ever done i guess yeah but it's that's what's frustrating when i talk to my friends about it and they sort of say oh you're so brave i could never do that and you sort of think but you can it's just a process like if you want to go and have these adventures, you can go have these adventures. You've just got to start way back and build up your experience and build up your confidence. And you will be doing those adventures as well. It's, it's all you about can't just desire. decide to go to Mount Everest tomorrow. No, that would probably kill you. Dang it. All right. I'm cast. I'm canceling my flight that I had made to Mount Everest. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, right. it's, you know, I think I think it's very similar on the the weightlifting side of the house too. I'll get that all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're lifting X or whatever. I can never do that. No, no, it's you know, I started off. I, I you know, Ben, I remember, you know, you sent me a video. Videos I can send you. You have some epic videos of me when I first started lifting, where I think I had you know two forty fives, you know, on, and I was deadlifting what eighty five, like one thirty five, and I was like struggling with one thirty five, you know, and. uh and now I'm doing, you know, 505 plus or whatever. And, you know, people are like, I can't believe you could do that. Well, it's just repetition. It's practice. It's training. It's yeah. knocking down your form, making sure your form is perfect, making sure you're injuring yourself and then gradually, you know, and progressively building yourself up over time. And, you know, it's that repetition thing. It's the, you know, I think you you mentioned earlier, I could sit on the couch and grab a pizza or I can go out and make myself better. Yeah. Um, and it's that trying to make yourself better every single day and better than yesterday mentality that you know once you get into that it's 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 almost like a uh i hate to use the word addiction but it's almost like a, a, a it almost is like an obsession i guess is a better better way of saying it because you know you you become obsessed with bettering yourself which is a good thing to be obsessed about it, it, you know across anything else um because it's that that personal challenge with yourself and that personal challenge with what you do um one of the things i hear a lot of people struggle with a lot is 
well, I can, I'll go and I'll lift once or I'll go and I'll do something once, but then it's like a fight for myself to go out and do it again. You know, would you say that, you know, as you've seen a lot of success with what you've done, you know, with, with mountain climbing, with rock climbing, with, you know, cave, cave, is the proper term cave spelunking or splunking? Is it? So in Europe, the, we would p- call it caving. Caving. Think, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, so caving, um, but, uh, uh, you know, the success that you've had with that, would you say that it's less of a challenge for you in, in the mindset wise to go and do those now because you're, you're more programmed to be able to do that? Or is it still as hard as it was when you first started day one to go and do it? No, I think it's, it's easier to go and do it, but you will always have a wall because you're never, there is no best. There is no top of the game. I guess it's like, you know, like with weightlifting, there's, you know, you can keep going and keep going and keep going. So you always hit that challenging wall where you're like, oh, I just can't do this. I don't know why I'm not getting this move or why I'm not strong enough to do this thing. Right, I need to go back and I need to build some extra muscle this way and then try again. And you'll always have that. The difference is, I think, that mentally you're, you see that more as like a, a really attractive, almost irresistible challenge as opposed to, okay, well, I'm just going to quit. And I think that's the real difference and shift in my mentality that I've seen over the last few years, that when I have a challenge now, I'm like, right, come on, Lisa, you're going to get up early, you're going to work on this, we're going to have this this route or this move or this whatever. Um, and before, perhaps I would be like, uh, maybe I just do nothing. <laughs> and that's the difference, right? And that's that's how you learn, but you've got to have that bravery to kind of be like, this is going to suck for a little bit. And you know what? If you're at the beginning of this fitness journey, it's going to suck a lot for a little, for a few weeks. It's really going to suck. Um, <laughs> but then you will see results. Yeah, I think that's, you- <clears throat> that's a big mindset thing. Like, and we, we all spoke about mindset and about how that comes first and my sort of thought process behind that. But that is literally just, you know, the conversations that you have with yourself and sort of the progress of, okay, right, I don't really want to do this, but I know the benefits and what I get if I actually do go and do it. Mm-hmm. And I think you're talking about challenge and you're talking about wanting to better yourself. That again is, it's almost like a specific type of person that, that wants to. Some people just don't want to challenge themselves. They don't want to do it and that's fine. But I guess... I guess the main reason that we had the conversation about bringing you on is, you know, finding something that it doesn't necessarily need to be the gym. It also mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily need to be ice climbing or mountaineering. It, Come on. I mean, everyone <laughs> loves an ice climb. <laughs> but it's about finding something that you enjoy that you can challenge yourself with and then progress to whatever mm-hmm. it is you're trying to achieve. One of the famous sayings is, uh, I can't remember which mountaineer said it, but they said that the best mountaineers are the ones with the shortest memories. Meaning that like you forget the suffering and you forget the pain that you went through to do the mountain. And you're like, I'm never doing this again. Like I'm never putting myself through. This is horrible. And then you come down, you're like, now which mountain am I going to do? And you just completely <laughs> forget the suffering that you just went through for the last week or whatever. It's it's amazing how our minds, you know, when it comes to accomplishments and feats, you know, uh, outweighs anything else that we potentially could have went through, you know, and and, and 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 how we view those. Like, you know, like the Marine Corps, I look back at my days in the Marine Corps and I'm like, when I was in the Marines, I'm like, man, I hate this. I hate doing this. I hate going to war. I hate, you know, the, the running, all this other stuff. But I look back and I'm like, man, I was in the Marines. That was, that was awesome. I totally do that again, <laughs> yeah. right? You know? <laughs> but, yeah. It's, it's amazing how our minds play tricks on us with that and uh, and what we can do. One thing I wanted to mention too is, you know, I think some of the frustrations you you hit on this really well with with when you said when you, when you talk to your friends of like, oh my gosh, I can never do this because of, you know, it's it's too crazy. But I think you know what most people struggle with is that they see, hey, Lisa's about to climb Mount Everest, and they're like, my my gap is so far between this level and this level. Where do I even start? Mm-hmm. So if you if you had some some you know, tips for people on, you know, where to start from. And, and I'm not just saying, you know, in, in the, the mountain climbing side of the house, but just in general, what would be some of your top tips for people, you know, getting into this to keep them motivated, nutrition, anything around those areas that, that were beneficial for you early on that continue to be beneficial for you today um, that can help them get started in a, you know, beginner level type of journey to progress to maybe someday, you know, I wouldn't say climbing Mount Everest, but, you know, someday doing something, you know, epic and awesome for themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, like people have climbed Mount Everest who have no legs. They've got prosthetic legs oh, and they've made it up. So they've been an, wow. there's been a, an 80 something year old bloke who did it. So I think, you know, it's anything is possible. Um, I think the thing is, I think if you're interested in getting involved in things that are kind of outdoorsy, the first best starting place is just hiking. Get a pack on your back and go hiking, go walking, get out into nature, 
start building those leg muscles, the tendons and the ligaments that are really important to strengthen in your legs. I think generally speaking, my advice to a lot of friends is just get out and start moving. That's the key thing. It doesn't need to be this big structured, I'm going to go to the gym and get a personal trainer and do this whole thing with a nutritionist and it's all scary. Just make little changes that you can maintain. So um, one of the things I say to my sister, who's always, she, my sister, again, I really hope she doesn't listen to this, but she always says she hates exercise. Or your mom. She, or or my mom. Mom, basically any of my family. Um, <laughs> she said that she hates exercise because she hates sweating because it ruins her makeup. And she completely is the opposite to me. Um, like polar opposite and um but she really wants to lose weight and i was sort of saying like if you do these fad real crazy dramatic diets it's not going to work if you suddenly decide you're going to go to the gym seven days a week it's not going to work i guarantee you within a week you'll stop that so just make smaller changes that you can live with and then build upon that because the problem I think we have in society now is that we see it as, well, I've got to go from where I am to perfection in the shortest period of time possible. And actually, it's just about building a better foundation, improving yourself little by little. And before mm -hmm. long, you've built a habit that you can maintain. I, I can't emphasize enough what you just said there is is like literally spot on perfect uh, to, you know, what we typically see. I think that the fad diets that you see you know, people are like, well, hey, you know, it's going to allow me to drop 20 pounds, but, you know, really quickly. But guess what? You're going to gain that 20 pounds and then some back as soon as you're off of that diet. It's not a sustainable lifestyle. And I think what you're talking about here is is lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's it's making incremental or small changes um, that allow you to maintain a healthy lifestyle for yourself, for your mind, for your body. You know, as you go along in those, you know, those 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 small changes you know, start to incorporate big changes down the road towards, you know, your ability to get there. And, you know, yeah, you can, you know, just eat, you know, you know, you know, kale and that's it for the rest of your life. And you're going to be miserable and unhappy and you're going to look horrible and you're going to feel horrible and it's not going to be a great thing. But, you know, the the going out and, and starting small with just maybe getting some steps in, right? Um, you know, maybe just tracking your calories and seeing what you're eating, you know, to understand, hey, this is probably within reason of what I need to be eating on a regular basis. Those small changes can have, you know, monumental impacts down the road. And, you know, I think, you know, when, when, I, when I show my progress and everything and people see a picture of, you know, Big Dave at 317 pounds and you see now big Dave again, but different, you know, um, it's, it, you know, they're like, they automatically assume that this is like a, a one year transformation where, you know, it's been, you know, several years of fighting nonstop to get to this point, but making small changes along the way to make me successful. And then those build out my big habits, right? Habits come out of those that are good for me to be able to manage and to be able to sustain this long term. And then, you know, from there I'm making continual improvements. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm continuing, you know, refining how I eat better, you know, refining how I do my lifts, uh, getting heavier with my lifts, building more muscle, incorporating. I just incorporated, uh, you know, bicycling now uh, into into my routine. So adding new things that that continuously address or, you know, you know, help me kind of grow my journey. So you know, I think what you hit on there is that, listen, this isn't going to be a quick fix, you know, but starting from somewhere and moving your way upward is the only way that this is accomplishable. There's not going to be a, a diet pill. There isn't going to be, you know, a, a, you know, a, a miraculous diet like paleo or keto or anything like that that's going to do it for you. I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't benefits of intermittent fasting or if you want to try keto and you already have a structured program, you're just doing that to, you know, do something different from a, uh, you know, glucose resistance perspective or something like that. Um, you know, those are, are are different than trying to do it from a diet side, but you know, making those those good decisions that allow you to make something sustainable. Whereas, you know, if you're making a New Year's resolution saying I'm going to go to the gym seven times, you know, a week, you're not going to hold yourself up to that. You know, you, there's no way that's going to be possible. So, small incremental steps. I can't emphasize enough. And I think people always think as well that there's some magic solution that isn't diet and exercise. And we know it's calories in, calories out, and it's basically math. It is it's so simple. And if you're not yep. moving and you're stuffing your face full of pizza you're not going to lose weight and you know you have to just work out the maths between what you're putting in your mouth and what you're doing and then that will equal change and people don't want to hear that because people go i hate exercise so i don't want to exercise so how can i do this without doing the one thing that will actually work i think well firstly all this talk about pizza means uh, definitely i know i keep pizza. mentioning pizza but without pineapple just gonna put that out there whoa, that is not whoa, whoa, accepted whoa. by italian i'm a pineapple fan all. i like pineapple what? i like no. pineapple pineapple on pizza is good 
it's too often too often you drop bombshells like this the podcast of shit i do not know about you and i'm like really questioning our friendship at this point i'm not gonna say like pizza and ham isn't my favorite pizza but if there's pizza and ham there i'm probably gonna go grab a pizza and ham it's not bad you know or a pineapple and ham sorry you know you know i'm I'm more of like a cheese and pepperoni type of guy but if there's if there's pineapple and ham i'm gonna go for pineapple and ham it's just italy may ban you i'm just gonna throw that out there (laughs) that's the one reason that you're gonna get out of not having the ice cream anyway what i was trying to say is that you know what you're talking about there about people who say that they don't like exercise i think that's sort of why we wanted to have a conversation with you is it doesn't necessarily need to be going to the gym. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons, obviously, that people don't like the gym, and I, I fully get it. Like you know, I don't like the gym. Everything else. I don't like the gym at all. <laughs> so I get it. You just haven't went. No, you just haven't went to the right gym. I'm offended, slightly offended. <laughs> no, <we're joking. laughs> um, no, but the one of the sort of the, what I wanted to touch on is number one. Obviously, it doesn't need to be the gym. It can just be some sort of output. But the other thing is, I think that people don't like it because of how they feel whenever they're doing it but they're never going to not feel like that if they don't continue to do it so we've spoken before about like what what change in ourselves has allowed us to do so you know for from dave's perspective coming from being overweight to where he is now you know we can do a lot more things that he wouldn't have been able to do when he was overweight and the opposite for me like when i was skinny to what i can do now i, I w- there's a lot of things that i wouldn't be able to be do, wouldn't have been able to do then that i can do now so it's like that almost entry into change what it can actually unlock to to what you can achieve Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and i you know i have kidney disease i manage that now just through diet and exercise no drugs at all and it's completely stable um it's awesome and that's possible for a lot of things as well um it sounds like a really horrible thing to do But actually, when you check your diet and you've got your good exercise regime and your body's just working how it ought to work, things just feel better and everything operates in a more efficient way. And there are people who have been like on the cusp of diabetes who have literally just gone walking and hiking and then suddenly are no longer at risk of diabetes. And that's if nothing else motivates you, the longevity of your life, and I say this as a mountain climber, so I appreciate the irony in this. <laughs> I was about so to say, like, huh, okay, got it, got it. I'm climbing Mount Everest, but I'm talking about the longevity of my life. Got it, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, okay, okay. I wouldn't say that. I'll let one of you deliver those lines, but that's the sentiment. It's true, well, we talk about it quite a lot, but I mean, I do. don't often put my life at risk, so. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, the, one of the biggest things that, that was the, like, I can actually, like, like look back and say, like, what changed in my life to where I wanted to live more of a longer lifestyle or long, longevity lifestyle. And it was when uh, I was meeting with the doctor and I had a heart, heart disease and I had to go get heart surgery to correct my heart disease. And the doctor looks at me and he says, listen, you should not be having this, this issue at 25 years old. He's like, it's because of your weight. He's like, if you want to be there for your, for your wife and for your kids, you know, you're going to need to make a substantial change in what you're doing or else you're not going to be there. And at, at that point in time, like, I'm like, wait, my doctor's telling me I'm not going to be there for my kids. Like, I'm not going to live to be for my, there for my kids. Like, that's the most selfish thing that I could possibly ever imagine myself doing is not taking care of myself to not be there for my kids. So at that point in time, you know, I, I got the heart surgery. Luckily, it was successful. It, it corrected the, you know, the issue that I was having. But honestly, I probably didn't need to have the heart surgery had I been in the type of shape that I have been now. Um, and it probably would have automatically corrected itself as, as things went along. So, you know, it's, it's amazing what our body, our bodies, the more I learn about our bodies, the more incredible things that it can do. It's just, I mean, from our immune system to, you know, how our nervous system works to how we adapt to climate and oxygen deprivation. I mean, our bodies are this amazing, miraculous thing. And, you know, we take it for granted, especially in a society that just, you know, has ease of access to food. Like we didn't have that a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago, you know, 10,000 years ago, we were starving for food and our bodies adapted to that. And now we have access to unlimited food and cheap food and food that are high in calorie deficit, that are a density that are designed to make us to want to eat more. And, you know, all these things that we have to really navigate through if we want to be there longer for our family, for our kids, for ourselves and, and live a great life. And you know, the biggest thing for me you know, the, the two most important things for me is, is one, you know, obviously being there for my family long term so that I can sustain for them, provide for them. And, you know, and it's been amazing because I, I coach my kids, you know, basketball team now. I'm, I'm actively involved in their sports. You know, I'm in sports myself, but things that I never would have done before, you know, had I been 317 pounds. But the, the second piece of it is, 
you know, I also want to feel great as I get older. So, you know, I'm about to hit 40. I'm hitting the big 4-0 this year. Um, so I'll be 40 years old in July. And, uh, is that you know, when we're going to go? Is that what we're doing for your fortieth? We we'll go ice climbing. No, no, we're doing Everest summer. for his fortieth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Everest is my fortieth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I already booked the flights. So we're good. So we'll be. You know. <laughs> I just got to get one of those like like little claw things, right? And that's all I need. Is so we'd be good. So, um, but uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Lisa's like, you're gonna die. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, the the thing is, as I get older, I also want to still feel great. I don't want to, you know, accept that. Hey, now that I'm older, I have to feel like shit, right? And that that's the truth is, you know, you take care of yourself, you take care of your body, your mind take care your mind will be, you know, uh, at ease and so will your body. And those are all the things that I, I want to do as I get older, be there for my kids and and be able to stay active and and be there, you know, long term for my for my family, but also for myself. Yeah, I think age is a really interesting one because I think, you know, on some level, like, yeah, none of us are gonna be able to do the Tour de France. We're all far too old to compete in something as competitive as that right the average age is like 22 we're past that however generally speaking in life um you're not i mean i would encourage anyone who's listening to this go look up a guy called alex honald he's an american rock climber really famous american rock climber um, writing, it, writing his, it down right now his mum learned how to climb when she was 50 years old never climbed before and then climbed el capitan when she was 60 so that's crazy you can anything is possible in these situations you can do any of these amazing things um and there's nothing age isn't holding you back sure you're not going to do the tour de france or be an olympic 100 meter athlete but below that kind of high level elite sport level um you can do whatever you want you want to go diving go try diving you want to go caving do that you want to go paragliding go do that but these are things you've just got to go out and try and if and see if you like them see if you enjoy them get some passion for life and then you'll realize that those passions require you to be fit and require you to be healthy and that will drive you and for me i'm not really that motivated by losing weight when i'm a bit fat i kind of just sort of think oh well this is this is me now (laughs) that's kind of it but when I'm like, ah, oh, I want to go and do this thing, but I need to be like this to do that, I'm really driven. And so if you're really struggling mm-hmm. with weight, go find a hobby that requires you to be fit and find that yeah. passion and channel it into that. You know, one of my one of my buddies, uh, I met with him recently for a cup of coffee, and he was just asking for some career advice, and he's thinking about doing a career shift uh, in IT. And uh, we got in this discussion of the whole fitness thing, and he's like, I am, I am an extreme um, rollerblader. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, like people still, people still rollerblade. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, and we, we rollerblade for days. Like they have backpacks and they have tents and they literally rollerblade like a thousand miles on rollerblades. And and that's a thing. So, but I'm like, Hey, good for you. Like, like you're seeing, I, I can see it scenery and stuff like that. I mean, are you doing like little twirls and like, you know, tricks and stuff? I have no idea, but you know, but like, like that's, that's his thing. And he's got, he's got a group of rollerbladers and I guess there's like a whole bunch of groups of rollerbladers that like literally do this type of stuff. And there's like rollerblading, like, you know, tournaments and whatever, but uh, you know, Hey, whatever you enjoy doing that is living that active lifestyle is, is awesome. Right. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, mountain climbing to one extreme or that's, you know, scuba diving to the other, you know, anything in between there is, is going to be something that's going to benefit you for the best and that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And it gets you away from your computer screen and your phone. And that is so important as well. Uh, if you if you just live in a, and I, I digress in all this, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but if you just live in your computer, I think your your sense of reality is is completely skewed to one thing or another or just the distractions or negativity you know you lose sight of of what's important that's living life right Mm -hmm. you know we have to get out there and see nature and and see this world and you know see the beauty that there is out there you know to to you know want to better ourselves and have that that thing because i mean ultimately at the end of the day that's where we came from right you know that's where we as humans evolve from, and we, you know, we evolve from the earth. We evolve from living on lakes. You know, we evolve from, you know, or oceans. We evolve from all these different areas. It's just natural for us to want to be out there and to experience that type of stuff. And, you know, this whole stuff with like augmented reality and virtual reality and the metaverse and all this other stuff, I really do fear that, you know, it's going to detach us from reality even more because, you know, we're not experiencing those types of things that we would in life. Uh, and I think that's a component of our happiness. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, at the end of the day, I feel a thousand times better when I go on a hike in nature 
and I have no distractions around other than nature myself and birds chirping and seeing a squirrel coming across, uh, you know, those types of things just, you know, really feel good to me. And I, I come out there ref- refreshed, relaxed, and, and everything else that was there just kind of goes away. And you'll feel exactly the same after ice climbing, but colder. <laughs> <laughs> the same, but colder and less squirrels. And less squirrels, much less squirrels. <laughs> if they're squirrels, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which puts a bit of a dark spin on the whole experience, I feel. <laughs> Too much conversation about death, I'm getting I cold think. just thinking about this, by the way. I'm going to get my coat on really quick here, but uh, just talking about it. <laughs> I think that wraps us up. Um, yeah. Anybody want to add anything? Make sure no, that everyone you know writes about how excited they are to see dave's ice climbing make sure that you all tweet that because that's really important well we'll, we will make it happen i i'll I'll fly out or do wherever no no problem there Uh, as long as again it's got to be like like (laughs) on the scale of like one to ten it's got to be like a one category you know mountain all right that's that's you know mountains like sounds scary anyways have you actually never climbed a mountain no i've never climbed. i'm not talking about like thousands of feet but you've never climbed a mountain I, I mean, like we had this like like really big hill in Hawaii where our station at that was like they, it, but it was like a, it was like a big hill. It wasn't a mountain. Like you know, like I, when I think a mountain, I'm thinking like you know this big you know heavy mountain. You know, no, I, I mean like really steep hills. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty good at really steep hills, but uh, you know, but uh, no, I, I listen, Lisa. I really appreciate you hopping on and uh, you know chatting with us uh, and 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 providing your experiences. You know, I think you know what's what's awesome to hear about all of this is that regardless of what you're into, whether it's, you know, weight training, whether it's, it's biking, whether it's running, whether it's mountain climbing, what, whatever it ends up being, you know, you're doing it for you and for, for what makes you happy. And, and, and it may seem like a strain at first as you start to, you know, get into this journey, but you know, it completely transmorphs and changes you as you go along. And I think you, by you providing that perspective really is, you know, should, should help out others, you know, um, getting into this journey too, and, 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 and starting up in this different area. So I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us about all that. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. And then you can remember this when I've died in the Andes in a few weeks' time. (laughs) Please. Please please be safe. Please be safe. Please be safe. Always safe-ish. Safe-ish. Please be safe. As safe-ish as you can be. So, (laughs) Yeah, thanks for joining us. And apologies again for Dave being late. And no doubt we'll chat soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, sir. Thanks. You're welcome.